This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Everyone knows your name, Jennifer Fisher. They know your jewelry. Do they? they yes. I, I feel like everyone knows. I don't know. Um, you are the go-to for celebrities, stylists. So I would just love for you to take me back to when you first started. What made you want to get into this realm? Nothing. Nothing? No. In fact, I did not wear jewelry. I was a stylist before I was I was a jewelry designer. So I went to USC. Grew up in California. I grew up in Santa Barbara, California, Montecito, small little sleepy surf town. Went to USC. Thought that I wanted to be a publisher of a magazine. Was always obsessed with fashion growing up. Uh, my mom was cool enough to get me a subscription to Vogue when I was younger, and I literally like plastered my walls with Vogue magazine. And I thought, okay, one day I want to be like the publisher of Vogue. I uh, went to USC, studied business marketing, thought that's what I was going to do until I got my first internship. And I realized it was exactly what I did not want to be doing. And you dodged a bullet. Well, I'd see the racks of clothing going by. I'm like, I'm on the wrong side of this magazine. I need to be on the other side. Right. So I literally started assisting stylists uh, in fashion stylist. Worked for a few names will not be said here, but they wasn't the best experience. Found out like commercials were the way to go and especially the way to make money. I've always been a hustler. I've always been an entrepreneur. I knew that if I was going to do this, I was going to do it and I was going to make the most money that I could in that field. Yes. So I was a wardrobe stylist for 10 years and I- Which is no- Which is the hardest job in the world. Thank you. Because I did it for like three years and I, I, it's, there's no glamour in it at all. It is the hardest job. But you make a lot of money. You do if you do it right. Yeah. But it's also like you're schlepping. It's 24-7. It's so much work. People think it's glamorous. It is absolutely not a glamorous job, which cut to I think that's why we've had we've done well in the jewelry world because I understand how it works in terms of placements and what stylists needs on need on set. Um, but I got – so I was dating a guy in New York. I got de- diagnosed with something called a desmoid tumor, which is a soft tissue sarcoma that's on my left chest wall when I was 30 that I went through chemotherapy for that I have to live with. They can't take it out. So it's like my friend that lives with me, but we know and it doesn't grow. It can grow. Okay. Sometimes you feel it flare. It's a very painful type of tumor when it grows. Uh, so you can feel it. It's uh, hormone driven, driven by estrogen, which is how it grew so rapidly. That's a whole other story that we don't need to get into. But um, when uh, we, I ended up getting engaged, then marrying Kevin, who was the guy that I met in New York. And when we wanted to have children. My oncologist said, absolutely not. Your tumor grows from estrogen. You need to get a surrogate, adopt, or get an egg donor. So at the time in New York, people don't realize this. It was illegal. Well, my son's now 18. Uh, It was illegal in the state of New York to have a surrogate carry for you. But it was legal in New Jersey, Vermont, Florida, uh, and California. 
And Kevin grew up in Brentwood. So being from California, we're like, let's do it in California where our parents are. And so that's a whole other process too, surrogacy. It takes a very long time to match with a surrogate and right. to actually go through IVF and do the transfers. She got pregnant twice, both times unsuccessfully. One much further along than the second time. How far along? 16 weeks. We'd seen a heartbeat. Oh my God. And I flew out to see her because, you know, at that, that point in the contract you go and it was, it was time to take her clothing shopping and to, you know, because she was pregnant. We'd seen a heartbeat. We knew it was a boy. We named him Luke. And I went to the doctor's appointment with her in Sacramento, which is where she lived. And I was alone and there was no heartbeat. It was horrible. But oh I credit, I wouldn't have my, I wouldn't have Shane if, if that had happened. So I really, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. It was horrible at the time. But um, after going through IVF again and not working here and long, long story of really trying to have a baby, I ended up getting pregnant naturally. And that was my son, Shane. Wow. Healthy pregnancy. Tumor did not grow during my pregnancy, which they normally do, um, which is why uh, my oncologist was like, you've got to terminate this pregnancy if at any time the tumor starts to grow. Didn't. I'm now a case study of women of childbearing age that have gone on to have children with these tumors still in their bodies. Um, and now it's dormant. And I had my daughter, Drew, six months later. But when Shane was born, this is how the jewelry company started, people were giving me gifts to represent Shane. And I was getting these little trinkets and they just didn't feel like right. me. I wanted, you know, I was the girl that wore a black bra or a white tank top and like I would roll around in something jeans. Something more rock and roll. I needed something a little edgier. I needed something that felt more me. And I really, it was really important to me that it said Shane, his mm -hmm. full name. And I couldn't really find, you couldn't find anything that, that was like that. So I literally, you know, being a stylist, being super resourceful, you know, I, I went up to the jewelry district. I started knocking on doors and I found somebody to make me this very simple dog tag that I wanted to wear on a heavy, long gold chain. And I would wear it on set. And I literally started making it for like the grips and the gaffers and you know, everybody that worked on set with me. It was an instant conversation piece. Everyone wanted to know what it said. And oh my gosh, my so-and-so, whoever would want would, wants this, but they love hearts or they love stars. Or, Can you make that? And I was like, sure. So I started selling them on set. And I made one for Uma Thurman. Oh, wow. And she got it the day she shot a Glamour magazine uh, cover. And so she wore it on the cover of Glamour. So that and that was when magazines when actually magazines. <laughs> moved product. True. <laughs> it's true. So from that moment, was there that pop? There was a significant, well, at that moment, that was definitely put me on the map, you know, sort of like a celebrity mom jeweler. So a lot of people know me now for my hoop earrings, but really the core of my business is customizable fine jewelry. Right. So that was very helpful. You know, you started getting articles written about me and more and more, you know, celebrities started wearing my jewelry, you know, represent their kids. Because I really realized there's a hole in the market. There was no one out there doing it and doing it in the way that they can make their own necklace and wear something that no one else had. Yeah. So literally one day I was in, we lived in Soho up here on Green Street and my, I walked in, my husband walked into the bedroom and there's orders all over our bed. And I was literally working out of our off, out of our bedroom. And Kevin's like, this is, you've got it. This is a business. This is like, and it was also an aha moment for me, like on set one night, it was like 4am I'm on set and I'm like, what am I doing here? I want to be home. I don't want to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And it just was like the perfect timing. It just was not, it was a natural progression into it. And we started a website selling customizable fine jewelry back in the day, pretty much before anybody was doing it. And this was before your husband joined you as CEO. He's now the president and COO. See, okay. I've had a lot of title changes lately. We're growing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the founder and how, chief creative officer. How did you, you were a one person, you were making this up. I'm assuming you were running uptown and yeah. finding the jeweler and doing it all. All of it. At what point did you say, okay, I can't fucking do this anymore. I need help. And who, who did you turn to for that support? 
Well, I mean, we started to grow the company very, you know, we had our first offices, you know, first, my first office was actually on Prince Street and, and that old, uh, what was it, 171 Prince. Of, and did you have like a business sense? Or? I did. Okay. So I've always, I always say like, I've always been a hustler. I've always been an entrepreneur. I was the kid that my parents would go out of town and leave me with a babysitter and go to Las Vegas for the weekend. And I'd start a company by the time they came back. Okay. Like I started like JJ Buttoneers with like, I, I would, I was the kid that would pick the flowers out of your backyard and sell them to you in a, as a bouquet and, you know, knock on your door. And where does that hustle come from? I always say like the hustle is innate. Like my father was a hustler. My father was an entrepreneur. I feel like it's ingrained. I, I think you either have it or you don't. Yeah. I really believe that. And yeah, I think things can be learned and taught and you can have drive. But I really believe that if you are like a full, you know, a real hustler and you, you know, an entrepreneur, you have to have that in you. You definitely do because yeah. it is so hard that you need that as your backbone. You do because there's going. a lot of no's and you have to keep going. Let's talk about those no's. Oh, how many? I, I, I got a million of them. <laughs> Which one do you want to talk about? Give me your best no and your like, fuck you to the no and like what you did. I mean, it, ha- it honestly happens every day. There's things every day that happen. Yesterday, I have to be honest, yesterday was probably one of the hardest days for me professionally I've had in years. Why? And it wasn't really about the no. It was more about um, like course correction. And that's another thing that I think you have to be really good at building a brand and building a business is course correction and, you know, and also making sure that you have people around you that are not yes men. And, you know, you are not going to always jive with the finance and ops team, you know, as a creator and as a creative. Um, But you have to be able to work through those moments and work through those times. And, you know, when your team's even telling you no, sometimes that's the hardest no. Yeah. When you are growing and you've got you know, you're a larger brand and things are happening and you've been doing something a certain way for so long and suddenly you're told you can't do that any longer and things have to really change. It's, it's hard to hear. It's hard to swallow. <laughs> but like, I've had a million fuck you moments where it's like, you know, I, I, the, the, the whole fashion system itself, you know, there's so many things that I, I, I w- I've been told I, there's, I would never become a brand. I was told I would never be on the cover of magazines. I was told I would amount to nothing. I was told that my jewelry is ugly. I've been told everything. No one will ever buy this. I've been told everything. That's like my biggest thing I say to, to young entrepreneurs. Like, just take those no's and take them as just knowing that it's one person. There's millions of people out there and that person's probably having a shitty day right. or that person just doesn't believe in you and doesn't like yourself. Well, that's what that's what it's like to have a brand. Not everybody's going to buy your brand and not everyone's going to like what you do. And that's okay. Right. Because there is someone out there There's does. a million people out there or that does and will. Right. So you have to not be focused on... So much of the no of more of the course correction that comes from it and knowing that whatever you're doing and also those no's are taking you in a direction that you are being, and I'm not to be woo-woo, but to, to guide you, the universe is guiding you of where you should be going. Yep. I always say, you know, the no's that I've gotten have, have gotten me to where I am. Like, I feel like, you know, I would not be here had I not been told no so many times. It's not supposed to be easy. Right. And it's I not supposed everyone. to be given to you. No, because then we'd be bored. I mean, it could be right. a little easier, but I would love. I'd love to have. A, I'd love to have one of these trees in here to be a money tree. <laughs> Please, as flexible with that. You know, I'm self funded after 18 years. We've never taken outside capital. I mean, that in itself is an entire podcast. It really is. I mean, we've bootstrapped this thing up until now, but it's you know, it, it's great and it feels good to be here. It's terrifying, but it feels good. And we're but finally- you own your destiny. You're not a. You're not beholden to a bunch of men in suits who are looking to get out in seven years, and that's that's a really great place to be. Right. I mean, that doesn't say that things aren't going to change, and we're not. I mean, listen. I want partners. I want the right partners. Um. You know, we're doing our first. You know, friends and family raise right now, just to kind of get through some things, and it's um, it's an interesting place to be, and it's a good learning space. Yeah. 
So take me through your product expansion because I don't think anyone <laughs> would would say Jennifer Fisher jewelry and then salt. Salt. Right? It's so random. But you have threaded a line that to me makes sense now and have an entirely new business. You have all these collaborations. I have to eat all your salads at like all the great restaurants. But how that. did that happen and and how did you manage to then simultaneously, you know, build an entirely new franchise for yourself and home, right, with your collaborations? No, CB2. Yeah. I, I, I really, really believe that it's all because it just was – it happened naturally. It wasn't forced. Like the salt, the salt came out of literally me posting my egg avocado toast on Instagram and more people asking what was on my eggs than like the hoops that Rihanna had on in the photo before. I always say that. And it's wild. It was wild how, you know, and I put it on my jewelry account. Right. And I was shocked at how much, how fast the food resonated with people. Because what do we do? We put our jewelry on once a day, but we eat three times a day at right. least. Right. You know, and I, I was something, it was just like the jewelry. I couldn't find what I was looking for. So I made my own. Same with my my scents, my fragrance that I just we launched last year, and like things like that. I just I you know, it's it's more of just me searching out things that I think will be good, and I hope that other people will like them too. Yeah. Luckily, the salt was one of those things, also. Yeah. But the anti-inflammatory lifestyle thing, all of that, it happened naturally. I have Hashimoto's. You know, I have an I have an autoimmune disease. Um, eating anti-inflammatory is great for people that have diseases like this, and I and I struggled for so many years. Uh, not knowing how to properly feed and nourish my body and my brain. And what did you do to figure that out? Because Hashimoto's is no joke. It's not. And people are sort of like, oh, flipping about it. Like, oh, you've got Hashimoto's, not a big deal. Just don't eat gluten. Right. And that's what I was told by so many doctors for so many years. And that's actually not the case. With right. What you really need to be doing is watching everything that goes into your body um, because everything is inflammatory. You know, every, pretty much everything, like I'm, I'm working on a cookbook right now. But and it's also a how-to book on how to live this way because I I was misguided by so many people just saying, oh, you've got Hashimoto's, don't eat gluten. And so I was eating tons of gluten-free products, not knowing they were filled with gums and seed oils and sugar and things that I should not be consuming at all. You know, um, marketing for food is very misleading in the organic space, especially. Yeah. And health, you know, not it's not healthy. Right. So I, I just educating people, educating myself on it, and it. It's been really fun. It's like a, it's, it's, it's. I always say it's like my side hustle, the salt and the food. But it's really. I have to. I'm a mother of two. I've got to feed my family. I also have to feed myself and yeah. feed myself the right way. So it's all sort of these natural things. Like it, it's what I want to be doing. It's what I'm interested in. And it's just. I think that it's not forced. Is why it works. But I will say that sometimes people can pigeonhole someone, right? So oh, for sure. So like, oh, she's the accessories designer. Why would we buy her clothes, right? Even though clothing is a natural, like I want to dress a woman head to toe. So do you think that the, other than it being natural and organic to you, there there's some unlock there of like how you could take something that's so dissimilar from what you do and build it into your world? I think that nowadays, I think that as as females, we're allowed to, you know, I hate I hate using that word, but being like more of a multi hyphenate, like we can do more than one thing. Like people champion that now. Where I think before, I, well, especially I mean, you, I'm sure you found this. I mean, you had with your morning after bag, like doing that, and then wanting to do clothing after that, and everyone's like, "Well, she's a handbag designer." Yeah, we she, got told what, that all the time, right? And so for me, I'm like, "Well, okay, I'm a jewelry designer. Why do I have to then make handbags and shoes? Why can't I just? Why can't I make salt?" Right. That's not to say that I'm not going to do those things, but why can't I do that too? Yeah. People love to put people in boxes. They do, but you have permission to play in food, in shoes, like your collaboration with Marina, like, you yeah, know. Rude. It was fun. 
like so good. It's fun. Thank you. It's fun. I try to make things, and I I say this with my jewelry too. I try to make things that are. I just try to make everyday things cooler. Yep. And like like that's cool salt, and it tastes good too. That's great. Yeah. And you know the the you know we've got the choker on. Like that's you're wearing that with other pieces, and so you can wear that choker that you're wearing right now. That's totally clean with a million different things. Right. You know, I I want to be versatile. I don't want to be the jewelry that goes gets put away. I want to be the jewelry that's out all the time. Right. And so you mentioned earlier that you're called the hoop girl. The queen of hoops. The queen of the hoops. New York Times. That was pretty cool. So pretty tell cool. me about that moment. It was major. I mean, I mean, listen, I always wanted to make hoop earrings. You know, I, 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 I've made costume jewelry or fashion jewelry or whatever jewelry you want to call it. We're trying to figure out a new coin for it because I don't like either of those terms for it because I really don't consider it to be either of those things. Um, but I, other than the fine jewelry, the other component of jewelry that we do make, I've made for a long time. I partnered with Barney's New York when I first came out with that. And that was a very long time ago because I wanted to make jewelry that was on magazine covers, not just charm necklaces. And I started, it, I was doing them in gold and they're taking, costing tens of thousands of dollars to do, which wasn't very cost effective for my business. So we started doing them in brass and plating them in gold. And that's how that started. And when that started, I always wanted to make hoop earrings. Mm-hmm. I had this Italian Vogue cover of, of Adua Boa on my on my mood board. And I also had this picture of Sade. And I'm like, I'm going to do these earrings one day. I'm going to do them. And at the time, my team was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, I really want to do hoop earrings. Like they are like denim to me. They are something that we need in all different sizes, every color, different shapes. We need them. And I'm going to do them. And so we finally balanced the first hoop. Well, the first hoop that we called the Samira hoop because Samira Nasser supported me back in the day and I made her fine hoops a very long time ago. Yeah. So it only made sense to name it after I started, named them after important stylists, really. That's how it started because I was a stylist. So a lot of the names are named after important stylists in my life or, that have supported me, like Carla. Erin, like lots of different people, yep. although Samira is now an editor-in-chief. She's not a stylist any longer but or a fashion director, but people like that. Um, so when I figured out how to calibrate them properly and for them to be balanced and the team worked on it very hard to get them to be perfect, I was like, you know what, if we're going to do this, we're going to do every shape, style, color, yep. and we're going to own this market. And that's what we did. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So at that moment, the New York Times come out, which is 
a game changer for anyone, anyone in the times, you know, it is the, it is the cultural beacon of what is cool and hot. Um, take me through that moment. Did Nina tell you it was happening? We yeah. were shocked. So it was really know. no. It was for my store opening. We didn't know. Oh my gosh! It was for the. It was to celebrate. It was an article about us opening our store in Soho, coming back to Soho, wow. which is where my first offices were, which is where my company started, which is where I want to move back to. Um, and I, we had no idea when it came out. We literally looked at each other and we were like, "Holy shit! This is crazy. This is amazing. This is terrifying. It's amazing. It was amazing. It was everything all at once." So that's a high high. I want to ask you about what you feel has been, uh, it can be personal or professional, oh, like a low low. I'll tell you. So my father died uh, last July 3rd. Well, so it's now just been a year. And he was my, and he, like he literally taught me like everything that I know in business and my drive. I really, and I love my mother. My mother's amazing. My mother too. My mother taught me different things. My father really taught me my business drive. And he was like a light. My father was everything. So his death, it came very quickly. He, he got sick in February and was dead by July. That was devastating to me. And it, but, it, but I took it, it. It was, I mean, grief is a very weird spot. I don't know if you've lost a parent or someone like that that's close to you like that. It's, it's a very weird spot. It's a very weird place. I haven't lost a parent, but I cry when I think about losing them. It's a, it's a, spend as much time with, you, uh, with them as you can. I, we moved in with them during COVID and go. I like slept in my childhood room and I was like, I'm, t yeah. I'm soaking this up as hard as it is because. Yeah. It was really hard for me. Yeah. I think I kind of, I think it was like a midlife crisis and like the death of my father at the same time. Cause I'm 52 years old now. I think that was kind of going through, that was a really tough time. I had a really dark year. Um, when you say midlife crisis. Like I just think I was like reevaluate, right? Well, everything. Like, you're too sexy. You're too this. You're doing too much of this. Blah blah. Too much but boobs. Too much this. That? Oh, please! Like social media. Like all the. I mean, stuff you can't like, look at social media. I whatever, but I, you know. Yes. But whatever. I don't take any of that to heart or personally or any of that stuff that's out there or comments or any of that at all anymore. I did a long time ago. Yeah. You learned to not. not to. You learned not to. Um, but that was a really that was that was probably the toughest time that last year that I went through. Um. And how did you overcome it? Or or not overcome because no one ever overcomes like the death of someone they love. But how did you sort of reignite and revive yourself? Well, I think it's really about seeing, and this is something that's, and it's and it sort of lives with a, like awakening for me that every day is a gift. Every day is a gift. So I wake up every day, no matter how stressed I am, no matter what's going on in business, kids, my life, my marriage, anything. I, every, I'm here. I woke up. I'm breathing again. What a fucking gift. Yeah. How it couldn't change in an instant. It made me realize how precious and fragile life is, and that every day. So I'm doing this with this. I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to make the most out of every second of every day. And people are like, "Aren't you? You know, you're like a workaholic. You do something." I love what I do. Right. Don't judge me for loving what I do because no, maybe just jealous that you love what they do and they don't. Right. It's you know, it's 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 interesting uh, as a brand grows and how all of these sort of things evolve too. And you have to kind of you know every day you're it's it's a new challenge. It's new this, and you've got to get through it. And you're going through the same thing. I'm sh uh, you know as me every day, mm -hmm. reinventing yourself, uh, business changes. You know, it, it's it's something that you just have to feel grateful that you even have the opportunity to do this in our position. Like how lucky are we? Yeah. There's people sure. that would die to be in our in our shoes, and that don't that are fearful or that don't know how to make the leap and don't know how to start a business. And 
You know, I always just try to say to say to people, you know, you have to live fearless through all of this stuff because it's no matter what you're doing in life, it's, it's going to be challenging. And yeah. if you want to start saying, you do it, just fine. You're going to get a lot of no's. Just move through them. Yeah. It's really not that. Just don't get, don't allow, don't take it personally. Right. That's another thing too. There's so much There's that so people much. take personally, and uh, and you you develop that thick skin. I feel like over time, mm-hmm. but up until you do, man, it hurts. Those cuts are deep. Yeah, they are. And I think it's also, I mean, maybe it comes with age too, and knowledge, and comes with age. You know, they always say knowledge is power, right? So, but it comes with age too. And I feel like not caring about the me. same thing, right? Right. When did you sort of stop caring so 40. much? I was like. I still care. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things that still bother me that shouldn't. But a lot of the, most of that baggage went away at 40. I agree. 40 is when my life, I feel like, really started. Yeah. I went away to Miami with my girlfriends for my 40th birthday. And I feel like everything sort of changed after that. It's sort of like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Years start. And it's like, you see, you have experience. You you know, you I was a mother for many years at that point. You, I've been married for many years at that point. I've had my business for many years at that point. And I don't know. There's some freedom of aging. Yeah. That's an incredible feeling. And also your attention. Like I was outies last uh, Saturday and I was at a restaurant and saw all the youth parading around and the pressure, right, to like the cutout outfits, the social media, but I want to meet a guy tonight. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. man. Thank God. Mm-hmm. You might think I'm saddled down with children and a business and a husband, but like, whew, I am glad I'm not at that age anymore. Oh, I'm so glad. And I'm right that now, because that's hard. Yeah. We, I've got, I mean, I've got a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old. So you're I living it. The, I'm living it. Right. My son's going to college. I'm dropping off him off at college and got under 30 days now. Um, and you watch the pressure that these kids are under and you just try to teach them that you know, just to to be a good person and to be empathetic and to not try to be the alpha and just do your own thing and be you. Yeah. Stop, you know, and that, this is actually, I haven't said this until now, stop looking around. For me, I looked around way too much early on starting my brand. And I think that's what that gave me so much stress, stress and angst. When I finally put my blinders on and I'm like, I'm going to grow my business the way that I want to grow my business. And I think part of that came with the salt and all of the things that I started doing that I saw that well, people said, well, you can never do that. That doesn't make any sense. You're a jewelry designer. And when I started to see success from those things that everyone told me that I couldn't do is when I really felt like this moment of like, oh, okay. Yeah. This can be done. Right. And you proved them wrong. Yes. So let's talk about relevance. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what's behind that. (laughs) You've had your brand for a long time. Really long time. How many years? I'm old. Uh, The brand, Shane's 18, so a a long time. Okay, so I'm on your 18 too. Yeah. So remaining relevant is a gift because you – you know, you see these brands that come and go that you yeah. think are up, oh, they're going to take my business and they they flame out, right? Yeah. So what – has your relevance been the act of sitting down and writing a strategy? Is it going with your gut? Is it a mixture of both? Is it, you know, sergeants on your team helping guide you? Like talk me through how, how you've continued to remain relevant. Well, the relevance thing I think is 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 you can't force it. I think you have to – what I try to do is I try to design and do things that I want to wear that I think other people are going to want to wear too. And it changes. And my style has changed over the years. And my jewelry style has changed over the years. And it's evolved and changed with me. Um, watching my kids too, I think – you know, I was like, I got to be on TikTok. And my daughter would would say to me, 
why would you, why would you want to be on TikTok, mom? That doesn't make any sense for your brand. And you're like, well, to stay relevant, you don't have to be on TikTok. And she's like, no, mom, that's exactly what you don't want to be doing. Like you need to be doing what's right for your brand. Right. So I think listening to yourself, um, like I said, instead of looking around is really, is really like the most important thing. And, and I mean, relevance is, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't try to gauge it, you know? So I always say that like my, my method of my madness, it does, there is a strategy to it. You know, there is a strategy behind all of the things that I've done all of these years. Maybe it wasn't written on paper. Right. Um, and maybe I didn't have a big team to tell me what to do with that strategy or how to do it, but it's always been strategic. Right. You know, I knew that getting certain people in my jewelry, you know, I had relationships from being a stylist. I always wanted to make sure stylists had the right things on set. What I would want on, on set as, a, as, a, as I was a stylist, that's strategic. Yeah. You know, even though it's not something that's written down as this is our strategy plan, but I also couldn't, you know, we we're a small brand. I couldn't pay for marketing back then, you know, but I knew that if I could get it there and get it on that one person and that person would wear it. And the greatest thing is if they choose to wear it when they're not being styled, that's the greatest gift of all. Right. Um, that it works. Yeah. So speaking of celebrities, we're, we have been in a cycle of pay to play. We don't pay to play. I know you don't. And I want to ask you about your... Sometimes it sucks too because we don't, but... Sorry. Well, we don't pay either, but you get a lot more people wearing <laughs> your jewelry I than I do bags. But so, you know, when, when I started and probably when you started, getting your, your whatever on a celebrity was, again, it, it had the pop. And now... Now I feel like it's that consistent getting them all the time to wear it. And so many celebrities have been paid and they'll only wear it if they get paid. So what do you credit your success with? They love it. They want to wear it. They don't, they don't need the luxury, right? Fine jewelry all the time. Is your relationship with stylists? Like how have you approached that? It's everything. It's relationships with the celebrities themselves. It's, it's also just making a product that people want to wear. Right. Like I credit like I I'd rather see JLo at the gym in my hoops or like Haley at Airwan or something like that. You know, that because I knew that she they weren't being styled for a red carpet. They chose to wear my jewelry. Yep. They weren't being, you know, told to wear my jewelry. Right. Um, so that to me, even when I see women walking down the street in my charm necklaces, or I get stopped at Mr. Charles by some girl that's like a client, like that, those moments are like those are the moments that are defining to me that as like success. And that's great. Yeah. People are choosing to buy my product and wear that. And then they also want to come say hello. Like that's how it's just, it's, it's so nice building a community and having all of these things just sort of ha happen naturally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But the pay-to-play thing, the red carpet thing, and the and the covers, if you're not an advertiser and all of that stuff, I mean, it's all changed. But it was great back in the day when we can get a cover and not have to be an advertiser. I mean, it was really great. <laughs> it was really great, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I had my <laughs> Becky jacket on the cover of Marie Claire, and we sold like 10,000 units of that jacket in just that color. And then we made a rainbow, and it was like the gift that kept on giving. That's now, amazing. Now you don't get those gifts That's unless amazing. you pay to play. Well, or, or, or you, or, yes, go ahead. No, I just think it's, you know, I, those gifts are those gifts. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know if this works for you, though, but sometimes I sell more product than celebrities mm -hmm. myself. Yep. I'm sure you do, too. I do. Yeah, because you've got your 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 um, community of people that look to you. Exactly. For your style. So we get a lot. We get a lot of that. You know, I'm being run in my own ads now. Yep. Although I am being taken off my website. Um, we now are going to have more of a community of women instead of just myself. Um which is nice. Yeah. Finally. Right. <laughs> I did say to my team, I was like, you know what? I can't be like 45 and, well, 
you know. Yeah, welcome to me, 50. Right? Like, I was like, we got we to gotta expand the uh, ambassadorship. Yeah. It can't just be me, right? right? Or right. or just a model. It has to be right. broader. And I can't look like their mom. We just were casting models the other day. I'm like, <laughs> I can't look like their mom. <laughs> Which I could be. So it's, you know, it's 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 fun to evolve and grow. And all these things that we're talking about, like the challenges and, and the ups and the downs. And at the end of the day, I think you and I just both really love what we do. And I think that's the most important thing is to try to do something that you love. Yeah, it has to be your North Star with every every all the shit that's thrown at you. You have to love it. Yeah. Oh, to go back to what you said, you were you had mentioned something about how did I get through that low low of my dad? Yeah. And I want to mention something. So I I the like the power of positive thinking, then what I was talking about, how every day is a gift. Yes. Yeah. Just teaching yourself some of those tools. Tools are important, man. Tools are super in important. Those dark moments, you're like, I, I need something, right? And everyone's different. What works for one person might not work for another. Right. It's so a, you gotta find your thing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I always love to ask my guests um, a piece of advice that either they learned the hard way or someone gave to them that was actually um, helpful because not all advice is good. I know, but I do have I have a piece of advice, and I say this a lot, and it came from my mother-in-law, and this is for, for women that are – or men that are having young kids um, or anybody. Um, if they're quiet, leave them alone. Yes. Because all we want to do is over, overstimulate our children and, like, make them do something. Yeah. And so that was the best advice, best parenting advice. Um, I've gotten a lot of really bad advice. Like? Just, you know, uh, not, you know, people, you know, I, I think a lot of people look to people, mentors, um, but, but no one has really done what you or I have done the exact same way. So I think it's really difficult sometimes to take advice because that person may have come out of a situation where you would have looked at it completely differently than they have. Yep. So it would have taken you in a totally different direction. So sometimes I have a hard time with advice. Yeah. Because I, I think sometimes, and I most of the time I would hope it comes from a good place, but I do think that sometimes it comes from a place of that person having no idea what your core business is or where you really seeing your ship being steered. Yeah. So advice is tricky. It is. Advice is tricky. I like your parenting one. I, it's a good one, when right? My, when my five-year-old is playing, I'm like... I should probably go engage and play with him. But he's fucking happy. Yeah, why? And I should just take that it's moment. Quiet, leave him right? alone. Love that. Reggie Fisher, best quote ever. Um, so what would we be surprised to know about you? What would you be surprised to know about me? Um, I there's a lot of things. I wear men's pajamas to bed. Okay. <laughs> Like silk pajamas? No, I hate silk. Oh, okay, I hate cotton. silk. I'm a cotton pajama gal. Okay. I like to wear like the full long sleeve and pants. Like I'm not a sexy gal. Okay. My um, husband would be I, immediately <laughs> take that as a sign. I'm like, I'm not getting late tonight. <laughs> My husband takes it as the opposite. It's funny. Okay. Um, um, let's see. I used to like to walk around naked a lot and cook naked. I said that, but not anymore because my kids are older. Um what is another surprising thing about me? Why did you like to cook naked? I don't know. I just used to be. I used to like to be naked a lot more when I was younger. Not now. Although now I feel like I. But I feel look like now naked. you're in better shape than you've I, ever been. I, I know it's weird. Okay. I know it's weird. Maybe I'm just getting old. Um, what else is surprising about me? I only drink champagne. I thought you drink martinis. I don't anymore. I only drink champagne. Okay. Why is that better for I don't, motos? Uh, no, I don't get as drunk. I used to get too drunk. Okay. <laughs> No, I, I so funny. I was out last night with girlfriends, and we were drinking champagne, and then we had a martini at the end, and that's like throws you over the thro throws you over the edge. Um, I hate mayonnaise. Okay, mayonnaise is disgusting. Wow. Okay, 
Um, what else? I God, what else? I mean, those are all great. Are those good? Yeah. Are they? Yeah. I get I get like people I like to clean my kitchen floors. Okay. <laughs> Special product you used to do that? <laughs> no, I don't like shit on my feet when I'm walking around my kitchen I like and I cook work. a lot. Yeah. I like a really clean kitchen. I don't ever leave dishes in my sink. I'm a type A. I do my own dishes. I'm impressed. Let, yeah. let, I cook let, all that food. There's no housekeeper cutting the food. I'm doing all of that by myself. So how? Okay. So I've wanted to know this for a long time. Tell me. You know, I'm not asking the balance question, but how do you get it all done in a day? Because I see the food. I see how fucking perfectly cut it is. The meals. You, your own things you need to do for you. Office, going out, being with the kids, homework. Like, how the fuck, fuck do you homework. do it all? I don't do homework. Okay, fine. So <laughs> – that's one thing that you don't do. Good. Yeah. But how how do you shape your life in that way? I, I well, I, I try to suck the most out of every day as I can, but I really do. I am the one cutting all those fucking vegetables. Okay. There's no housekeeper prepping. Not, I even spin my own lettuce. People I are love like, that. what? I hate a salad spinner. <laughs> That's my, the two things I hate to do in the kitchen, I hate to spin lettuce and I hate to pick cilantro. I'll come spin your lettuce. Oh my God, please. I fucking, I hate <laughs> cleaning the salad spinner. <laughs> the thing in there, I hate it. And I, you know, or Kevin, my husband, thing is very good at doing the dishes, so he's also quite helpful. Um, but yeah, I do all that stuff. I don't do a lot of like people are like, how do you do it all? I don't do a lot of like. I don't like to get my hair done. I don't like. I mean, I go a lot because I have gray hair, but I don't like to go get manicures. I don't get a lot of massages. I don't like to do all that self care shit that people really like to do. Okay, I don't find that enjoyable. All right, I find that to be a fucking waste of time. Okay, but you do like. You do like the doctors. Oh, we could talk about that. I love doctors. Tell me everything. I love everything. What do you want to know? I just love that you're so open about it. I talk about it. I really find it to be a huge disservice of women to not talk about the things that they've done to their face, their bodies, their injectables, their surgery. I think it's bullshit. Yep. It really infuriates me that everyone fucking lies about it. Yep. So I'm open about it. I don't care. Yeah, I've had a facelift. I'm 50 fucking two years old. It was a mini. Right. And I did my neck. I talk about it on Instagram. This is no secret. My hair is not all real. I have Hashimoto's. I have shitty hair. Right. I'm, I, and I teach women all the time how to go buy clip-in hair and who to go, you know, go to Jess Gillen for the hair extensions, go to the hair shop to buy the clip-in hair pieces. I'll tell you all of that. Yeah. You're because, one of the few, though, that will be so open, and it's nice. Because, again, you're like, what, how does My how breasts are like? fake, right. obviously. Right. My teeth are fake. I, I, I had an accident when I was younger, and I, was, I had a biking accident when I was – very young, and one of my front teeth turned instead of turning black, it turned very white. So I got veneers at a you know at a young age because my you know things like that. Right. But there's also all you know. I love Dr. Jason Diamond. I love Dr. Dan Belkin. I love all those people. They're also my friends. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, what's the problem? We've got one shot on this earth as who we are, and it's not about insecurities or trying to like keep up with the Joneses or keep up with age. I, I, you know, I like the way I look. I'm right. happy with it. Yeah. And it's like, why not be the best version of ourselves and be happy with it? And like, 100%. what's the big deal? I know. I it's think like, it's I think it's more the fact that when people don't share, you're like, clearly this person's on Ozempic. Such bullshit. They're not sharing. <sighs> Everyone's on Ozempic. <laughs> <laughs> Becky. I, Everybody's <laughs> on it. You know, but it's and who cares? Good for them. Totally. You know, I yeah. get it. I've got friends that I talked to. I was out with one of my friends who's a very big influencer the other night. And she's like, I just can't keep on a diet. I can't eat right. I love junk food. Right. So I'm on Ozempic. I'm like, good for you. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I don't love that there's people that actually need it that can't get it. That's the problem I have with that. Yeah. But 
that's the that's the U.S. and medical and pharma. So that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, one we don't have time to go to, but I would <laughs> like to go there with you. So what's next for you that you can share? I hate being asked that question when I have nothing to share. So we, we you don't have to answer if you can't. But no, I've got a lot to share. We've got a lot going on. We're going into a new category of jewelry, which is really exciting. We've got two new categories. One will come in twenty. Well, both will come in twenty twenty four. Okay. We're changing in the brand a lot and scaling it. Um, so there's a lot of exciting things going on within Jennifer Fisher itself. There are other things outside of Jennifer Fisher that are exciting that are happening too that I can't talk about. She'll kill me. But also, and the cookbook we're working on too, that's taking up a lot of fucking time right now. I didn't realize we have like, I, I don't know, Nina, how many what, how many recipes do we have on the website now? I think we have about like, yeah, it's insane. Oh my God. Yeah. So we're having to cut them down for the, it's, it's so much work. It is so, for so the much cookbook, work. You're not. You're making all new recipes. Or you're pulling no, the 600 that you have. Well, we're, it's and, a combination. We're okay. doing it, but it's also not just a cookbook. It's a book about uh, how to how like how to do what I've done that's worked for me because I think it's anti aging too. Yeah, like it's changed my skin for the zit that I have today. That's just from stress. But the it. texture of my skin, um, it's really been helpful. Brain fog, fatigue. Yeah. All of that. Yep. Sleep, I mean, sleep is tough because I'm getting older and I'm definitely, menopause is definitely on its way in. Right. But um, not there yet. But I'm, I'm bracing for it. I'm feel feeling you. it. Yeah. I was on tamoxifen for a really long time after I went through chemotherapy. So I know what it feels like because right. it puts your body into a state of menopause. So okay. I know what the hot flashes feel like. So I was in Coming. London a couple weeks ago. I was like, oh, shit. Here we go. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I know that I'm going to turn to you when you because you're going to figure it out. I'll figure it out. I will figure it out. Well, thank, we always do. Thank you. Thank for you. Sharing. Thank you for, you know, just even being so real because so many people are not. Thanks. And you're real offline and online. Well, we have to help other women. I've never, you know what? I haven't had a lot of help from women. So I think that's why I am the way that I am. That's interesting because it seems like you have a lot of help. Not in the from professional world. Women. Not at all. I've been, for, I've been met with a lot of competition, a lot of jealousy, a lot of stuff. From fellow jewelry designers or or just in general, I would say in general it's it's difficult to um to build a brand as a female, yeah, um, it's a lonely place to be in. It is really lonely, right? right? It's fucking lonely. It's fucking lonely. I said to my PR person, maybe we won't know this, but I was like, what's wrong with me? Nothing. I was like, why is it that this area that I'm not going to go into is blocked? Like, what am I doing wrong? Because it's lonely. It's lonely. But I think it's just part of it. It's just, it's part of it. And I think that, um, you know, you find your people. Like I said right before we started here, how supportive you've been of me. You know, you show up to all my things and you're there for me. And, and you know, I, those kind of, you don't forget those people. Yeah. And those people you can count pretty easily. Yeah. yeah you can also, I also smell through the bullshit now too. So, you know, you can, you can see if someone's using you or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's, but it's a, you know, like I said, it's a lonely spot and I think it's really important. This is why I'm so open about all of these things. And there's no reason not to be, because to be quite honest, someone's going to fucking find out anyways right. and they're going to talk about it. And it's not like, so why not just be honest about it? I know. What's the big deal? I know. I know. I think once you release the, that, that feeling of, of fear of what other people, people's perception of you are going to be, because I don't give a shit anymore. Like really yeah. think whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. Right. Right. Totally. Go on with your life and great. And because yeah. you're going to think something different. I mean, we're all, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just, it's, it's important to not care what other people think. Yeah. It's hard to get there, but it is important. And it's important. Yeah. So uh, just for those listening, where can they buy you, find you, follow you, all the handles? So I am Jennifer, jenniferfisher.com. We dropped the jewelry. It used to be Jennifer Fisher Jewelry. We're going through that process now. 
cutting the jewelry. So it's jenniferfisher.com. Okay. My Instagram is still jenniferfisherjewelry, at jenniferfisherjewelry, not Jennifer Fisher. And Jennifer Fisher Kitchen. Jennifer Fisher Kitchen is my food. Yes. All of my recipes are on my website. Great. Under the kitchen section, as are my salts that you can purchase at my retail stores, which I've got one in Beverly Hills on North Cannon Drive. And I also have one here in New York City on West Broadway, just below spring. Which reminds me, I want to ask you real quick. Opening up a retail store is no easy feat. We closed ours during COVID because we got hit really hard during the riots. And then it was like, open, close, open, close. Up, oh, there's going to be a riot today. No, there's not. Just kidding. Fire everybody. Hire. So it was like a nightmare. Yeah. So what has that process been like for you having stores? Stores are great. Stores are great. It's it, Stores have been fantastic for us as a jewelry brand because yeah. once people can touch and feel the jewelry and they realize how lightweight the the hoop earrings are, and they realize how heavy the gold is, yeah. they're then comfortable going online and purchasing at home right. for repeat customers. Um, so it's been really great actually having stores. Beverly Hills is is quiet because of a lot of the things that are going on in California and in Beverly Hills right now. And the street that we're on happens to be the street that everyone loves to do things on in LA, <laughs> unfortunately. But you know, you get through it. Yeah. You know, clienteling is key in Los Angeles yeah. and in any retail. Uh, situation. But, you know, you just build the right teams. People come and go. Yep. And you hope that the right ones stay and that they come to you. Yep. And you can't get mad if they don't. Nope. <laughs> you learn all that stuff. See, <laughs> you and I are very, you know, we've been doing this a long time. So yeah. you get through those points of learnings of, you know. Yeah. When we go back into it, I have like a novel of learnings that how we're going to approach it. But thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah.